Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, So Who Decides? So to refresh your minds in previous messages, we have chatted about God calling us gods, the great harvest lost, aborted baby Christians due to poor training on the part of us, the church, how our lives were redefined upon being born again, your new family identity once you became authentically born again, some kingdom stuff, and the lack of maturity in the saints today because of, and as stated before, a lack of training focus on the part of the church. The following is just some niblets for the criblets, and for those of us who are to make disciples of them, and for those who will allow themselves to be discipled, who decides? And so it is. We enter into the deep waters until the waters seem impassable. Ezekiel 47, 1-6. Keep in mind you want to maintain an open mind. And take from these messages whatever is helpful and leave the rest behind. Just because you may not get the revelation of the message right now doesn't mean it's not coming. Kids of Satan, of whom it has been written that they shall hate God and his children, and regardless of whatever God does to show them, that they are of the wrong seed, and regardless, they will forever remain fallen, and for many, if not all, by choice. You see, we are all born as kids of Satan. Every one of us was against God. It wasn't until God came a-looking that we had an out. I think one of the most important things to understand about these two seeds or two positions, that is before and after, is that you in no way wanted anything to do with God until his word sprouted in you. You we were as murderous towards God as any ever have been. The message titled CD Seedling shows us the obvious, but also the very well-hidden facts of the matter. It makes a distinction between us and them. 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 15. So wait, there is not an us, them, and those? Nope, two seed lines, period. The those are only the ones that don't know yet what seed they originate from. This is why we have the gospel message. It speaks to the children of God, and blinds and makes deaf the other kidlings. Genesis 3, 13, 15. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. It is clear in the scripture that there is two seeds as it relates to humanities. This is how we know that this is not talking about plant or tree seeds, but human seeds. The only one is corrupted, well, hmm, <laughs> with him, the other spiritual seed. Genesis 4.1 Now Adam knew Eve, his wife. And she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. You see, she said, from the Lord, not from Adam. There is a distinction. And no, she wasn't being hyper-spiritual. Remember, church hadn't existed in the garden. The church was walking with them in the cool of the day, absent of a bride, of course. Now see, here I go again. Nope, let's continue. Genesis 4:25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God had appointed another seed, 
for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. She also recognized that the seed that remained was not a godly seed, but that her error needed to be corrected and another seed needed to replace Abel. Funny given Cain was still around, right? If Cain was from Adam, then why wasn't he considered the seed? It's not just random. 1 John 2, 18, 19. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. 1 John 3, 8-12 He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now before I go on, earlier I said that we were all from the devil, because we all sinned against God. Nobody was looking for God. So this is talking about anybody who was pre-born again, which is everybody who's born. Nobody gets born again until they understand the call and respond to God. So we were all sinners, and we were all of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. It's talking about the born-again experience. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. See, two sets of kids. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain who was of the wicked one. Wait, did you hear that? Not as Cain who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Hmm, oops, Cain was of who? Adam wasn't defined as wicked by God, so it wasn't from Adam. And doesn't it say that the devil has kids? We often hear the devil made me do it. And this is actually true, especially when our sinning provides him access. Look, Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10.10. Cain murdered, or you could say killed. Now where did he learn to do that? Cops episodes weren't being filmed yet. Cain was the fruit of another seed, a seed that had murder in it. Let's march. John 8, 37, 47. I know that you are Abraham's descendant, but you seek to kill me. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. Because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. Note that Satan seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10.10. So once again, we're seeing that these guys are set apart from the kids of God, based on their behavior. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my words. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Now you know where Cain got it, like father, like son. 
When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear, because you are not of God. Hello? <laughs> you see how clear it is? Okay, so it may be hard to believe this, but the last scripture hit the nail on the head. John states we were not born of fornication. What? When did this happen? Fornication. Hmm. Genesis 3, 13, 15. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat the dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He, that is Jesus, shall bruise your head, and you, that is Satan, shall bruise his heel. Additionally, and aside from all the other scriptures that show us something terrible happened in the garden, we see that in fact something terrible happened in the garden, besides disobedience. It is not at all impossible to comprehend, given that Genesis 6, 1, 5, it states that they crossed the spiritual slash natural lines. Sin may have opened the door, but wow, the intermixing destroyed the earth, or at least all that dwelt on it, Genesis 6, 7. So we see, as I've stated in other messages as well, God has kids, and so does Satan. If you know this, then when you share the gospel and the person is unable to hear it, you would be wise to avoid defaulting to the I am planting water scenario. 1 Corinthians 5, 6. But test every spirit and you will know. 1 John 4, 1. Jesus knew this and called them out directly. Lots of churches do not encourage members to do this because they want the resources that the devil is bringing into their church through those unsuspecting peeps. It's a love of money. 1 Timothy 6.10 It keeps the church dead, and Satan knows this and therefore uses it as one of his strategies. It's better to let the bills go and fully depend on God to care for his church. Acts 20.28 20, He is not in the business of shutting down his church, but of weeding the dead ones out. I wouldn't put it past him. Matthew 12.30 He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad, in or out, not in and out, or invited in, but out. And I will take a number two with the milkshake, thanks. So we can believe the Holy Spirit all the time and in every situation. So he must be talking about the infiltrators. And more clues. Are we not to avoid laying hands on anyone hastily? I wonder why that is. 1 Timothy 5.22 Do not lay hands on anyone hastily nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Now when you hear this, when it's talking about, nor share in other people's sins, keep yourself pure, he's talking about you being born again. So don't go back and get into sin again. So he's talking about the separation that God made when he died for your sins and you were born again. Everybody sins up until that point where you're born again. Then you're not considered a sinner. You're considered a child of God, a child of light. You're actually considered a God. Imagine that we are to keep ourselves pure. I have definitely not done a good job at this area. No doubt it's because of the speed of my gaining revelation and understanding of who I am in Christ. The devil will attack you in the areas where it looks like you're supposed to be pure, perfect, blameless, etc., etc. When in fact those things happened as soon as Jesus died on the cross and you were invited into the family. It is also why the Holy Spirit gives us a gift of discernment. And it is why we can cast out devils from people. 
Consider what John has to say on the matter. John 6:70. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? In John, Jesus did not say, like a devil, acts like a devil, smells like a devil, or is devil's food cake, but is a devil. One of you is a devil. That's what he said. So we must spend some time talking about the fruitless things in order to know that they exist and that there is something compelling them to be fruitless. Are they gods also? Yes and no. Well, they may be mixed in with the fallen angels that follow Satan into the elevator. But before they could escape after they saw who he was, he pushed the fallen button called the ground floor. <laughs> Get it? The ground floor? Fruitfulness is something that is attributed to Christ-like behavior. We are fruitful because we are gods and we do what our Father does, or should be doing what we see him doing and hear him saying. Ephesians 5, 11, 13, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So this is where I would say, don't invite the devil to church. It is not appropriate to invite just anybody into church. It is a house of God. It really is a house of God. It is not a house of darkness. You say, but I want to get him saved. And if I can get him in front of the pastor who's anointed, maybe they'll get saved. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. We go out into the world. We water, we plant, and God adds the increase. God will draw them into the church. You see here it says, but rather expose them. And for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Darkness reproduces fruit. Stay away from them and black grapes. No, <laughs> black grapes are okay. 1 Timothy 4.1.3 Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Didn't Jesus say to stay away from them? These are the people that didn't stay away from them. They were unable to tell what spirit they were operating in. Verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. But our Father treats us differently, doesn't he? He doesn't lie or deceive us. You see, look, we never were inclined to surrender to God. John 15:16. you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. It's not enough to preach the gospel to every Tom, Dick, and Harry and walk away. you got to know if your fruit is going to remain. you got to make disciples, and you got to make disciples that last, that remain. The job is bigger than just preaching the gospel. You see what Timmy states here? Having a form of godliness. He did not say that they weren't gods, but that they denied its power. Remember, do not depart from the fact that we are not equal with God, the Father. For we are not. We are his offspring. We came from him, and not the other way around. Acts 17, 28, 29. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. So back to Timmy. He states in the next scripture, having a form of godliness, which can mean only one thing, right? There is a form of godliness and true godliness. There is a form of godliness without power, and there is a form of godliness with power. Now you see why I preach so much that the church operating in the power of God 
is a good place to start. Now, but if they don't continue to operate in the power or giftings of God, make up such excuses only befitting of a devil, then that is a good place to leave, and the time would be yesterday. Go ahead, you can ask God for yesterday. He might just give it to you. Now, you should seek the leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit before jumping in or out of a church. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, 24. So we go to 2 Timothy 3, 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Hmm, turn away. How do you turn away if they're in your church sitting next to you? You don't invite them. <laughs> you test the spirit. You let God add to your church. Okay, so well, Ken, I'm not sure what way to turn now that I've heard all of this. Well, may I help? Look, I just wanted you to know that there is a difference between us humans and that no man-made or invoked war has ever been more violent than the one the devil stands behind. I mean, take a look at what God did to rescue his peeps from Egypt. No bullets, no bombs, just God. He dropped the entire nation. So what should we know about this war? It is fought with love and serving. Those who have yet to cross over are subject to whatever Satan has to say to them. There are no other options for them. Look, no other God can say this and have it be the truth. John 14:6. Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Trust me when I say that they will not know what they are doing. Luke 23, 24. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Think about this moment for a minute. And even better, place yourself in this moment. Trust me when I say it was for you as much as it was for them. They were looking at the clothes of the only God that they had ever laid eyes on. Yes, instead of looking and contemplating who this man was, as they must have known by the crowds that he was something special, and yet instead of seeking what that God on the cross could give them, which was eternal life, they wanted his Gucci garment. Which one of us right now wouldn't think that that was an exchange where someone really got ripped off? I mean, they exchanged eternity for a piece of cloth. Well, here's a humbug. If you gained the whole world, everything on it you owned. Every person served you in absolute submissiveness. Everything ever made was yours for the keeping. Although the platinum, gold, and silver, and aluminum were yours. I know, aluminum, right? <laughs> Every car ever made. Every house ever built. Every last bit of everything. But did not know never, look up on the cross to see who gave it all, that you would exceed in the exchange deal. His life for yours. Then you got ripped off big time. No, I mean really big time. You could even own Jupiter, Mars, and Saturn. None of that saves you. It all stays behind. Think about it. You may only be one heartbeat away from making the worst deal in the history of mankind. No, God, I would rather live 70 plus or minus years on earth with all the trouble that it will bring instead of living with you in eternity where trouble and double trouble don't have access. My friends, that is ridiculous and more so. In fact, I cannot make the exchange ridiculous enough. Luke 16, 1931. Well, that's it for this message. And some of y'all probably thinking it should have been at least a minute ago. <laughs> I know, but you know I love you. 
Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.